0: You are listening to the LTN Book Club, a bi-weekly read-along podcast positioned at the intersection of nerd and literary culture. Our show is hosted by Madeline Turnipseed and is a proud member of the LTN Podcast Network. For more information on the show, the hosts, the books they're reading, and to subscribe, please visit lovethynerd.com book club.
1: Hello and welcome to the LTN Book Club podcast. I am Madeline Turnipseed, and I'm Katie Garrett.
2: I'm Joey Thurmond.
1: I'm Lisa Aldred, and we are very excited tonight to have some new voices with us. Uh, tonight we are going to be talking about um, the books that kind of got us started in uh, in nerdy reading, I guess, uh, in our childhood, um, whether this was uh, fantasy, whether this was science fiction, whether this was uh, like genre tie-in books, all the things that got us going in, in these kind of genres um, that we enjoy as adults. Uh, so Katie, tell us a little bit about how you got your start.
0: Well, as a kid, I read a lot more like realistic fiction. I was like a huge fan of The Babysitter's Club. So I probably read almost every single one of those Um, and just kind of whatever grabbed my attention. I remember loving, you know, Black Beauty and some of those, you know, traditional um, kind of literature books. But um, my first, one of my strongest memories of a fantasy type, you know, book um, is actually The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it's not specifically because of the book itself. Um, It's because there was a competition at my school with points that you earned for the different tests that you took. It was accelerated reader. I think a lot of schools used that. Um, And if you got points, you got certain prizes. It might've been some little pencil or something, but there were, there was a closet at school, where they had literally shelves as you increased, um, through the levels or through the points that you got. And I just remember getting a lower level prize and seeing that that book was on, you know, the bookshelf, that was one of the high prizes that you could earn. And so I remember just reading like a fiend for that whole school year. And I always love to read, but, um, I just set this goal that that was the thing I needed to achieve. And so I remember when I hit the goal, I I distinctly remember going to the little closet and getting my original copy of the book, which I still have. And it was this big, you know, achievement moment in my life. And, um, you know, that was a great reading experience, too. But it was kind of that thrill of motivation and competition um, that went along with it that made it so fun. Um, and a couple of other more fantasy type books that I actually realized are more connected than I thought they would be. Um, I loved the um, Indian in the cupboard. Um, I don't know if you guys ever read that book or saw the movie that went with it, but um, you know, little toys basically coming to life. I think I was really into the idea of, of toys coming to life, not just with toy story and some of those things, but, um, another book was the, the castle in the attic. And it was a little, t- you know, t- toy knight that came to life in this toy castle and the main character shrunk down and got to go on adventures in the castle. And so I think I kind of had a little bit of a, a type, you know, I liked, fantasy, but still kind of connected to reality. You know, the kids going into Narnia or going into the world with the castle and the little toys coming to life. Um, But those are some of the ones I remember the most from when I was a kid. Um, I actually didn't read like Harry Potter, even though it was wildly popular when I was in middle school, because it was kind of in that forbidden. like My church was a little more strictly into the anti-Harry Potter stance and my parents were not okay with that. Um, And so I went to college to be an elementary school teacher who loves books and loves kid books. And my roommate was like, I'm sorry, you haven't read Harry Potter? (laughs) And I was like, no, you know, I'm a grown adult. Like, no, I can't read that. And um, she ended up, you know, encouraging me like, you're going to love these books. You really need to read them. So by the time I got to college, I, you know, dove more deeply into that genre. And now, of course, those are some of my favorite books. Those kind of middle grade, young adult, um, you know, fantasy, magic kind of books are are some of my favorites now. But that, you know, I was a bit of a late bloomer into some of the more popular ones. But um, that's some of my early experience with some of those genres.
1: Thank you. Joy, how about you?
2: All right. As for me, um, what's funny about, like, I guess it's related to reading is with writing. I really didn't get involved with writing until my mid-teens, I'd say. Uh, Something I was really terrible at and had no interest in whatsoever (laughs) up until then. Um, And I kind of say the same thing about reading where if reading didn't relate to something that I already liked as a kid, like toys, that was tied to, like, toys or movies, then I wasn't really interested in it. (laughs) So um, my reading was uh, pretty narrow, and but consistent uh, throughout my childhood, Um, like, with what personally interested me. um, I read, like... Every single Lego Bionicle book that came out, every single comic, like that was my thing. (laughs) And um, I also read a lot of, or a fair portion of uh, like kids' novels that related to Star Wars. Um, I think even younger, I remember reading uh, Captain Underpants, uh, which is, you know, obviously very mature and cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but way before that, um, before I, you know, read my own stuff, uh, I remember my mom reading me a whole bunch of uh, picture books, like when I was, you know, five, six, seven, around that age. Um, like, and she would, she would often like break out a whole bunch that were related to holidays, you know, um, like a whole bunch of Halloween books or, Christmas themed books, Easter books, uh, stuff like that. Um, uh, or it'd be like, you know, you know, famous kids' series of books like the Berenstain Bears uh, and stuff like that. Um, and I'd say that's like before I was 10 years old, like that's the stuff I usually read. Um, but throughout my teens, I finally went a little more outside of that. <laughs> um, I read the Lemony Snicket series. I finally got around to reading uh, Tolkien's main uh, works like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, um, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, you know, popular uh, stories that were going around um, in the like late and early 2000s. Um, and it wasn't until like high school, a college where I finally delved into some more classic literature like the Canterbury Tales and Paradise Lost, Frankenstein, uh, things like that. So, um, while I did, you know, delve into some other genres, like throughout my teens, I've still, uh, been pretty consistent with like what I like to read in my own time. Uh, like when it comes to like, Fantasy stories of any sort—I've always stuck with Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Star Wars has been like my favorite property to um, read, like consistently, like throughout my life. Um, and besides that, I—I I read a ton of books on Christianity, theology. Uh, so, you know, whenever I've had spare time. Like, I just, I've gone all in with those two genres uh, and haven't really branched too much outside of that, but um, that could be changing soon. But I'd say all that being said, that's like my history with reading.
1: Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Lisa, how about you?
3: Yeah, so my reading history is kind of the polar opposite of Joey's, um, of my tastes were always very literary. Um, so and a lot of this has to do with my mother and how she raised us. Um, but every like as a kid, every night after dinner, um, starting at least when I was five, possibly even before then, um You know, we would eat our dinner and then we would sit around and dad would read a chapter from the Bible and then mom would read a chapter from books and we would take turns like, like my parents and then me and my brother taking turns what books, books we would read. But the very first series that we read, the very first ones that I remember at age five were the Chronicles of Narnia, um, so just, I remember crawling around under our dining room table and listening while mom was reading these stories about Aslan. I remember absolutely hating The Last Battle as a five-year-old because it was scary, you know. Um, and honestly, there were parts that were dark and boring in that one for a five-year-old. Um, but, so that was kind of my introduction to fantasy as a genre in general, was that, I mean, I suppose you can go back a little bit earlier with, like, Harold and the Purple Crayon could be described as fantasy, right? Um you know, very, very young fantasy. Um, and then in third grade, um, mom read us the Hobbit, um, which was just one of those, like, um, I've, you know, I fell in love with that. I thought it was the best book in the world. Um, in elementary school, I can't remember exactly what grade it was. It was somewhere between third and fifth grade. Um, I remember reading the Hobbit on my own because I was also an avid re-reader of books. Um, and you know, I'm, I reread The Hobbit, and I was like, at the end, like, read more Adventures of the Hobbits in The Lord of the Rings or something like that. And I got so excited because what? There are more of these books? Um, found of all books, The Return of the King in elementary school. I was the very, you know, I started to read, like, some of the beginning was like, I don't know who any of these characters are. Who's, like, Pippin and stuff? This was, like, mid-90s and stuff, by the way, long before <laughs> the movies were in the picture. Um But the, you know, and so, like, I am actually, like, Return of the King is the one, of course, with, like, the concordance and stuff in the back. So I'm, like, flipping through, looking for, like, names. Mm -hmm. Found the name of Gollum. So, like, my first experience of the Lord of the Rings trilogy was actually reading about, like, Gollum falling into Mount Doom at the end of Return of the King. Um, Oh, God. (laughs) So, yeah, um, that was kind of the entertaining introduction. I did then, like... We found in one of the book catalogs, we found the entire like box set and then got it. And then mom read us like the entire trilogy out loud over dinner. Um, but those two series really, for me, set the tone of what good fantasy was. Um, and so, I, like I said, I was an avid reader, um, but I never actually liked fantasy like because of those two books. As much as I love those, like I remember in middle school picking up like um, one of the Anne McCaffrey books, one of the Pern books. I don't remember which one and hating it. Um, and I just like various other books in college. Someone introduced me to the sort of Shonara. Apologies to anyone who likes that book. There was a point where I literally like, they're describing this rusted old sword that the main character is like, Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. I'm going to keep it. I'm like, You idiot. That is the sword you are looking for. And I like literally threw the book across the room in college because it was like, What am I doing here? Um, (laughs) So, like I said, a little bit snobby in tastes here. Um, But that said, I did realize, like, maybe the best way of putting this is that. I liked literary fiction, and I liked fairy tales. So um, Katie mentioned um, Lynne Reed Banks' Indian in the the Cupboard. I never read that one. But one of my all-time favorite books is a little classic of hers. It's out of print now, I think. It's called The Farthest Away Mountain, um, about a girl who basically is called on a mission to go to a mountain and set it free from this evil spell. That's overtaken it. Um, I still, as an adult, I mean, it's only a hundred pages, definitely written for like elementary school. And I read it like probably at least once a year as one of my comfort reads, um, various Mm. sci-fi in there. Um, Ender's game was assigned in ninth grade, um, for one of my classes. So that was a read, um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I discovered that one in eighth grade for a book report. Um, so yeah, I' getting into some sort of that. Um, it's Harry Potter. So I went... like. I did one semester of teacher's ed in college, um, thinking like I, when I graduated high school, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be a teacher. When I got through that one semester of teacher's ed, I was like, no, I don't want to be a teacher. Um, but I bring that up because by that point, my my mother was always she's described as like I, I've talked to her about it now as an adult. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was always sensitive to like occultic um, stuff. Um you know, Dungeons and Dragons was, like, a taboo thing for us sort of thing, Um, but um, so, like, the Harry Potter books started coming out when I was in high school, and it was very much one of those, like, other Christian kids were reading those, and I was like, what are you doing? You godless heathens! Isn't that a satanic book? (laughs) Um, And so Teacher's Ed, like, by that point, I had started loosening up, praise God, Um, but so I picked up the Harry Potter books at one summer while I was in you know, just for something fun to read was literally, you know, in college hiding these books under the covers from my parents because I did not want to have those conversations like a year or two after I started reading them, like rented the movie and was like, hey, mom and dad, you should watch, you know, the like this first Harry Potter movie, I think like. If you actually understand that it's not satanic, I think you'll enjoy it. And mom had, and by the way, I've read the books and mom had some sort of comment of like, well, of course you've read the books, you're going to be a teacher. And so you need to have an understanding of what the kids are into these days or something like that. I'm like... It's also just a good series, but okay. But um, (laughs) So, you know, my tastes have opened up. They still lean a lot more towards the literary. Um, Even some of the books that I did get into as a kid that were a little bit more on the air quotes junk food. So, um, the Redwall books. I have literally looking at my shelf I I have six of those I stopped reading those because I realized that there is a very distinct pattern to them and you know a very predictable formula and just like once I cracked that code I was like nope I'm done with these as entertainingly written as a lot of them are but um so yeah in a lot of ways like Joining the LTN book club for me is pushing in the opposite direction of being like, no, look, there are good books out there, you know, in more of the fantasy genre. Um, go and discover those. So.
0: Just to totally tie in with what Lisa said, I love that you were hiding under the covers with your Harry Potter books in college. Like by that point, I think my parents were kind of like, she's going to do whatever she's going to do. But it was very (laughs) similar. And I totally converted my dad in much the same way that you did, where I was like, Dad, listen you just need to watch these movies because I knew he would never read the books. He's not, he is like obsessed with star Trek. So that's one of the, like one of my channels into fantasy and sci-fi is not necessarily through reading, but through him watching star Trek, you know, Mm -hmm. all the time. But um, I remember showing him, you know, the first movie and him being like, Oh, this is pretty good. You know, like this is (laughs) clearly not, you know, something evil. And I got into it the same way you did as like, okay, you know, going to be a teacher, really have to know these books. So I just love that our experiences were so, so similar, specific to Harry Potter. So I just, you know, had to touch base on that. Joy?
2: It's funny because uh, my parents didn't give me any grief about reading Harry Potter. You know, I grew up in a Christian family. So um, I I hear that a lot um, for, for people who grew up in Christian households that like Harry Potter, like you don't touch that. My, my the only thing my parents were really um staunch about, or they didn't really understand, was Pokemon. It was like evolution.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, oh, you can't watch that show, and I was like, okay. um But I think at, I think at the point when I was in my early teens, and you know, or you know, around ten years old, in Harry Potter, came, I don't even know when it came. The first book came out. What was it? Like, it was
0: ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, it I really
2: feel old. <laughs> it I must have like gotten into it like. Um, at, when, was it, when did it start becoming popular?
0: Probably closer to when that first movie, movie came out. Like you know, was, that was yeah. like 2001 ish.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think I probably there. gotten a Harry Potter around like the mid 2000s. Then yeah, that sounds about right because I was around 10 years old. Um, but I think, but I think by that point, my mom was like oh you want to read something like go for it (laughs) Like, like encouraging me to do that because you know it just wasn't something that I did a lot in my spare time with um books because I was either you know like playing games or something um so um yeah my parents were like please read it Go for it.
0: Please read. Funny enough with what Lisa was saying a minute ago, too, that, you know, doing the LTM book club is kind of pushing you into some books that you might have been like, "Eh, I'm not going to bother with it. I mean, my my normal reading tastes are actually not typically in fantasy unless I'm reading like elementary age books like that I'm going to recommend to my students. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently absolutely fell in love with a book called Nevermore by Jessica Townsend. It was on an email recommended by Amazon. And they were like, you know, great new children's book, whatever. And I read the synopsis, fell in love with it. And it is so in that same vein of like Harry Potter. I'm constantly trying to get my kids to read it, my students. Mm -hmm. But the kind of books I gravitate toward in my own reading time now are like one of my friends joked, she's she said, You like a train wreck, don't you? And I was like, Oh, I really do. And so I realized <laughs> that like we have our own little subgenre of like train Crash, like train wreck memoirs is something I'm totally into. Like any, I don't know if any of you have read like Educated by Tara Westover, or there's some other books like that about basically people with these true stories of people's crazy upbringings. It's Mm. so bizarre that it's almost like fantasy. (laughs) <laughs> so I think that's why I get on board is that it's like it's truly like stranger than fiction these people's real lives I cannot believe that mm. this is how some people were raised so that's you know more of what I choose when left to my own devices but um you know having started reading Mistborn, I'm I'm getting there I still have about 150 pages to go in it and it's definitely a little more like I gotta kind of push myself like I'm enjoying it but mm-hmm. I'm kind of like this book should have been two separate books okay I need like a time out <laughs> in the middle of this book to get me ready for like the rest of it so
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> well and what you were saying there about like liking train wreck genres as an elementary school teacher you probably don't have to deal with that many train wrecks like I'm sure you have drama with your students but you know like I I work in the addiction recovery industry is probably the way to do it. And I've noticed this with movies especially. And I think to a certain extent books. Um although like I said, I was always into more literary books, but like I have found that I have to read the lighter, you know, more like the the happy stuff that doesn't quite deal with the trauma or i don't don't even know if i can you know i'm i'm reading some dorothy sayers mysteries right now and it's like yes this is going to have a fairly tidy happy ending at the end you know dorothy sayers is a little bit more on the literary side so it's not like perfectly happy but you know that everything is going to be wrapped up in this you know tidy conclusion at least um So yeah, just kind of one of those funny things of like, I hear train wreck, and it's like, yeah, I would probably throw in one or two of those a year, maybe. But like, I'm trying to work in more biographies, by which I mean, I might read a biography or two a year. But, you know, it's just because (laughs) of what I do on a daily basis. Like, I don't want to get into people's messes.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, my students have their own family messes, but in my actual day-to-day work, I don't confront it directly very much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're reading kids stuff or I'm having to read these, you know, fourth grade level written pieces of writing. That's what takes up some of my reading time, honestly, is that I teach language arts. So I am reading all sorts of written responses. So then sometimes I want like well, adult time like you know it doesn't <laughs> yes. have to be like mature content but like I want to read a little bit more like a grown up even though I still love the books that the kids are into and I I love sharing those with them but sometimes it's like yeah I'm going to need a time out I need to go find out about some things that aren't you know nine year olds problems so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joey, what are you reading? You said you're you're doing more. I know you've done more Star Wars recently. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you're reading as an adult now.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, like in general or like at this very moment?
1: Everything. Yes. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, I mean, I would still say like, you know, up until recently, um, like I only read maybe, maybe I used to only like on average, I read maybe one book a month maybe two at the most if i'm being really adventurous <laughs> making a lot of time for it uh so when it comes to like my my t- to reading like i either want to do something that's like you know my my comfort read which is star wars <laughs> or um it's like them going back to like theology because uh, there's there's always stuff that i'm wanting to learn more about in that area countless um Countless areas of theology. So I, usually, I've always gone back and forth, like between those two, with some, with some other books maybe sprinkled in. Um, I'm actually reading like a children's uh, like series called Wings of Fire. Um,
0: oh, my students in- are all in on that.
2: oh, I, oh really.
0: Yeah, I haven't read them myself yet, but i they're all obsessed with graphic novels. so they're a lot of them are starting reading the graphic novel versions, and I'm trying to tempt them into the chapter book versions. but they they're wildly popular right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're they're surprisingly good. Um, I was talking with somebody earlier today about those books and how, um like a lot of the characters in places have more simple names like to them like they seem they they seem like they're written for a kid's book um but when there's actually a lot of like disturbing drama and violence throughout the books uh, and it's it's funny like even in the graphic novels um like scenes i remember surprising me for their violence like in the the books like they would kind of hide or like not really show like in the artistic representations in the graphic Mm -hmm. novels i'm like oh that's yeah but but yeah um like there's like a, a spattering of like um other books i'll read here and there but um I'd really like to make my way into reading other types of fantasy books. Like uh, like what Lisa was talking about earlier with, you know, you read Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and you're kind of spoiled with that. <laughs> and um, it's like uh, so many other fantasy books seem almost maybe pointless to read. Like, oh, they're just not going to be as good as this, as this is the best it can be. Um, but I actually bought um, The Way of Kings recently. Like You were talking about Mistborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to get into that. Um uh what other fantasy books um would I want to read? Well not, not just like um oh I'm reading Paralandra right now by oh. C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. uh his you know kind of obscure uh sci-fi trilogy. a uh, little more like heady and like philosophical than you would expect, uh, mm-hmm. but that's been a pretty good read. Uh Although I, as you as you said, Madeline, I, I did read *Light of the Jedi* recently, which is um, which is the first book in the High Republic era. Uh, My husband
0: just finished uh, that, and he's not a reader oh. at all. He just was really like, "I got to get all in on these because it's going to be a thing," and he's been telling me all about it. So, I mean, as someone who he does not read, like that's not his hobby, and he's a gamer for sure. But he read that and really enjoyed it. So that's crazy that that you know connected too.
1: What did yeah, you
2: think of it, Joy? Uh, it was uh, very inspiring. Um, okay. It takes place about two hundred years, I think, before like the the prequel era of Star Wars. And you get a sense that the the Jedi are more they seem even more altruistic, optimistic uh, in their um, in their order. Like how they go about um, uh, using the force to uh, and their abilities to um, save others across the galaxy, um, and the book also like it, it takes the same angle toward how uh, the republic works, um, whereas like in the prequel era, it it becomes sort of like this um, like the government's like this just nothing ever gets done and it just <laughs> becomes like a warmongering mess. Um, the Republic in the light of the Jedi is like focused on doing everything and anything that it can when disaster arises at the, you know, at any expense, um, mm. like no matter what the cost. Uh, and it's like a, almost like a night and day difference, like with um, like how, like, government can, like, accomplish such great things when it's in the hands of people who genuinely care about the, the well-being and safety of their citizens. Uh, and, and spreading that goodwill, like, even to other nations. Uh, or, mm-hmm. like, it, or in Star Wars, it would be in the case, like, to the Outer Rim, like, to other mm-hmm. planets. Um, but I, I could go on with that. But <laughs> it was a very nice start to the this new era of Star Wars, a uh, whole bunch of stuff to cover in that book. And at times, it's like, how's he holding this together? There's so many plot threads and characters. Mm-hmm. But um, Charles Sewell, the author, manages to keep it together. And uh, it was a fun
1: read. Nice. Maybe I can persuade you to do a tiny book report about it. Maybe. Possibly, yes. <laughs> Cause I know, I know we have a ton of people in the community that really like reading the star Wars books. And so I think that would be a great way to, um, to give them content they care about, but then also for, for us to, um, reach out into books that maybe that we're not reading. Cause I don't usually, I'll be honest, I don't usually read media tie-in stuff. Um, but that's part of why, uh, that I wanted to start with the book club is so that we could all, um, branch out into genres that we don't, we don't get into normally.
2: So. Right, it's, it's like the opposite where like I'm, I've usually stuck with media tie-ins like my whole life, but you sound like you're the opposite. So yes, it, <laughs> it goes both ways. And that, that's what's cool <laughs> about this. That's what's cool about the book club.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for that. All right. uh, any other books that y'all are reading right now you want to share with? the rest of us.
0: I feel like I do need to confess that like it's one of my like reading teacher dying shames that I've never read the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings because I just feel like the like I said, you know, that level of fantasy is not something I typically go all the way into. It's more like Harry Potter, right? Like there's magic, mm-hmm. but like it's kind of within the conventional world to some extent, so I have something that kind of ties me down to it. So, you know, I've watched the movies. They're fantastic. And so I'm kind of like all right, I get this. Like, I, you know, I'm worried Mm -hmm. that he's going to kind of go on for 17 pages describing like a tree. And I don't know if I can like jump on board with it. So (laughs) I just, my to read list is like hundreds of books long on Goodreads. It's absurd. And so I kind of, at some point just surrendered myself to the fact of I might not ever read those and have to kind of just hide from other like reading teachers and be like, um, don't ask about that. I can't really talk about it. So. I mean,
3: have you, I've, Oh, the one that you should read at least is The Hobbit. Um Lord of the Rings is pretty faithful. Like there are bar- parts of it um like you know they have to cut some parts for the sake of the movie. I don't mind I don't mind that they cut Tom Bombadil. I do mind that they cut the scorching the Shire um, which is basically they have to come back and fight for the Shire. Um Mm. But the Hobbit movies are just, I remember sitting there in theaters. My work is really awesome. They actually paid for us to go see all three movies in theaters. Oh, yeah. um, but the the Hobbit movies, like by the time the third one came in, I was just sitting there like, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I've read this book at least eight to ten <laughs> times. They've basically you know, taken it and like, ripped up all of the pages and stuff like that. So minimally just to redeem the movies, like the Hobbit movies, you should read the Hobbit book. Um and that one's not too and long to, and it's a later, like, and
0: one to like redeem sorry, and to redeem myself and get my like book nerd card back like that I haven't read the Hobbit book. No, I I mean, you
3: know, it it's a treat. It's not like it, it, like, yes, sometimes it's good to read books for homework, especially if it's more of that, like, highly rated classic and stuff. But it's one of the, like, you don't have to read it. You know, it's just something where it's like, it's good, you know, Hope like, it's something that you probably will enjoy. And so, like, go and enjoy it and realize that it is way better than the movies. Apologies to anyone who likes anyone who does like those movies. I know you exist. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I'm one of I'm one of those people that thinks that the first film is fine, like because I I actually like when when you if you just watch the first one it's like oh there's no antagonist like through line throughout like the in like the mm-hmm. Hobbit if you're gonna make this into several movies so the addition of Azog and like that personal attachment like with uh, Thorin I was like oh that makes sense like I, mm-hmm. I I can go along with that but. Over time, you know, with Desolation of Smog and then Battle of the Five Armies, it's like, oh boy, this is, this is too much. <laughs> do we much. care about just, now?
3: Well, I know. Yeah. No, the problem <laughs> like with the first movie... It
2: just gets progressively movie, worse.
3: The problem with the first movie is that the movie they released in theaters, what, that should have been the extended edition. Like... If they had edited it down by about half an hour, it would have been fantastic, I think. Um, they just mm. needed to chop it down. And by that point, Peter Jackson was a little bit too big and he didn't have people telling him, no, this doesn't work. This is the same problem with like, uh, I'm like, George Lucas. I'm like, George Lewis. No, C.S. Lewis, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> of, like, you know, by the time he did the original. Uh, the prequel trilogy He had too many people saying Yes, whatever you say, that's great And the movies suffered for it um, But that's also That's off the topic mm-hmm. of books Of that to say, hey, you should read The <laughs> Hobbit book, Because it is better It is m- a much more concise story than the movies And a much better Told story than the movies Yeah.
2: And I, uh, and I was going to say, Katie, don't worry um, I think we all have our Books that we haven't read that we you know, kind of keep secret out of shame. Uh, I never properly read Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. And I know I love them.
1: <laughs> well, Lisa and um, I have both read it multiple times, so mm. I'm sure that makes up for you not reading. A little i've bit. seen I've seen the films.
2: <laughs> um, I even like my mom had these uh, she got these, like CDs that were like um dramatized mm. uh, readings mm. of uh, Chronicles of Narnia. And like, I remember listening to them, like, to go to sleep. (laughs) Like, I didn't properly, like, sit down to listen to them. Like, you know, it's kind of like, um, what's that app? Um, Like, I think it's called Calm or something. Like, Mm -hmm. they have celebrities read books to lull you to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So because of that, I never really, like... <laughs> got anywhere with it it was more like background noise like to go to sleep but i, I like i know a lot like i remember scenes from magician's nephew Lime which in the wardrobe like those books but um i'm very fuzzy or don't know anything about the other books so that's that's definitely on my list too <laughs>
0: I somehow never read The Silver Chair. Like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I've read the other ones. And obviously I said earlier, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe has a special place in my heart. I've read that one repeatedly, but um, the others, you know, I've mostly only read like once, but somehow I just missed Silver Chair. So I still have gaps in my Chronicles of Narnia experience as well. So I'll, I'll get back to that one at some point. Mm.
3: I'm literally looking at myself as if I can see what books. Oh yeah, that cl- clearly that book should be in my list of shame. Of I somehow I haven't read this. <laughs> I'm sure I have them. Hundred uh, percent guarantee. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. Silver
1: Chair is is a little bit more allegory, so I think um, that one's a little bit. If you're used to reading the rest of them as straight narratives, that one's a little bit more difficult to okay latch into. Um, I think for some people, um, but. Yeah.
2: Madeline. Yes. What are you reading right now?
1: So, right now, I need to look up the title. So, um, earlier this year, I read Beneath the Rising by Premi Mohammed, which was. Amazing! It's just probably my book of the year so far. Um, And I was really excited to find out that the sequel was coming out this year. And I thought it wasn't coming out until April, but it came out this weekend. And so I started A Broken Darkness um, right after I finished Piranesi, which was Lisa's recommendation, which was also really good. Um, But the one that I'm reading right now, um, A Broken Darkness, this is a sequel to a modern day uh, cosmic horror. Um, It is uh, excellent as far as like the way people talk to each other right now, as far as like ribbing each other, um, um, popular references. I highly recommend reading it as soon as you can, because usually those things do not age, um, as well as we want them to. So please read it as soon as you can. <laughs> um, and, uh, I think, uh, in particular, cause I'm only, <clears throat> I'm listening to audio book. I'm only a couple hours into the second book, but the first book does an excellent job with modernizing the classic um, uh, Cosmic horror idea of this person seeking ancient knowledge um, in order to uh, give themselves power, and you know a lot of the lies that we tell ourselves basically to um, justify our actions. Um, I think. I think uh, Mohammed did an excellent job um, with that in Beneath the Rising. And I'm so far, it seems like, you know, I'm two hours in so far. It seems like that, that, that is being continued on in a broken darkness. So I, I really like, um, I usually stay on the fantasy side. I do stray a little bit into science fiction here and then, but um, I've been doing a lot more cosmic horror and a lot more horror this year as well, um, or last year, because horror helped me get through the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm I'm excited to um, read everything that um, Book Club has planned for this year. Um, and I'm excited to hear about all of the suggestions from y'all as well. I know everybody um, here has made awesome suggestions for what we can read as a club. Um, and I'm really hoping that we can help um, our community kind of um, spread their, their tastes, but also share with us the, the books that they love um, and the books that they love growing up as well. Anybody else have anything else for this evening? All right. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the LTN Book Club podcast. Um, again, I am Madeline Turnipseed. You can find me on Twitter at mad underscore seed. I'm also in the LTN uh, community group. I'm also in the LTN Discord. Um, send me all of your books that you love and the books that you think we should read. Uh, Katie, where can people find you?
0: Um, I'm also on the LTN Discord and on Facebook as Katie Garrett. And uh, I'm on Twitter, but eh, just, you know, just to dabble every now and then. Not not really where the best place is. I, I spend most of my time on Facebook, so.
2: <laughs> I don't have uh, too much of a presence online, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at SaveAsDoc. Uh, and no spaces, no underscores, just all one word. Uh, smush together. Uh, and I also put all of my uh, articles that I've written over the years on my website at um, com.
3: Well, you can find me on Facebook. Um, on Discord, I'm Wasabi Jane parentheses Lisa. Um, on Twitter, I am at First Crusader. <laughs> um, and my website is WasabiJane.com, where mostly I publish sonnets. So, you know, for all of you five poetry lovers out there, <laughs> they're all super
1: good. You should go re- read them. Thank you all for joining us tonight uh, for the LTN Book Club. Uh, you can listen to us along with a ton of other great podcasts on the LTN Podcast Network. Uh, we have Humans of Gaming and uh, Free Play and pull list and church nerds and two words and I'm sure we'll have more coming soon Um, there's a ton whatever you're interested in you can come and listen and chat with us about it Um, at love thy nerd
0: this has been the LTN book club our show is hosted by Madeline Turnipseed and is a proud member of the LTN podcast network for more information on the show, the hosts, the books they're reading, and to subscribe, please visit lovethynerd.com
2: slash book club.